welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Putty. And today we're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about Josh, but before we do that, why don't you folks at home with be doing this podcast? <laughs> Just Josh. That's his thing. I, I'm Josh, right? Like, it's like Kevin <laughs> Barney. I do Josh. <laughs> That's what this cast is about. Yeah, uh, on this cast we like to talk about games, and I guess... Um, I don't know. I guess we're two like thir- like mid thirties guys, and we just have really boring gaming habits because we were like talking about what we were gonna do for today's episode. It's like, what have you done? I don't know. Played like a lot of Battlegrounds, right? Like, what yeah, yeah. You know, it's just wow. And Street Fighter. It's yeah. like, okay, well, maybe. But it turns out that we have a good, we good old fashioned guest star. Okay, don't you love it when podcasts bring on guest stars? <laughs> yeah, very very prominent guest. Josh. Josh, say hi to the audience. Hello, audience. I'm sure there are many of you out there. Uh, there's, there's three, and only one of them is me. Um, yeah, two two bots, uh, it looks like, and then, yeah. So uh, I don't know who Zero One Ella is, but they have been watching our stream for forever. So if you're a real person, shout out to you. Um, yeah, if you're a real person, shout out. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, beep boop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess we're talking about Josh today. Josh, what are, what's going on? How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, buddy. How what is the you? backstory of this of this get together that I'm jealous that I'm not a part jo- a part of? Josh about a week ago said okay to me and Sarian. <laughs> I'm coming up on Friday. That's right. That's it. That's, yep, that's the I had vaguely mentioned I was going to come here, and then one day I was like, "Okay, I'm doing it." Yeah, no of planning. Cor- of course, <laughs> you know, and so you know, I I have custody of Josh until tomorrow when I leave for Gen Con. <laughs> at which point, he goes north. Oh, he, oh, I didn't even think about Gen Con. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at which point, he goes north to uh, to see our more northern uh, friends. Um, but yeah, um, so Josh is perhaps so we've known Josh for, or you've known Josh for longer than I have. But it's been like. Ten, yeah, ten-ish years now. I think over ten with Buddy. Yeah, that would make sense. Like, uh, uh yeah, because it would have been college. Yeah, it was post-college right? for me because I didn't start so playing. Would have been like around twenty or so. I would have been about twenty or so for about thirteen years. Man, that's fucked so up. Honestly, that just makes me feel so old. That yeah. college was thirteen I'm years old, ago. We're all old. I was gonna say, like, yeah. we are also in like the seventh year of this podcast, so you know. Um, wow. True. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we started playing League of Legends with you. Yeah, we did. Uh, do you still play League of Legends? Because buddy and I don't. No. Uh, you play TFT though, right? I haven't played that in a little bit. And oh my god! Months, I don't know. I, I'm sure I'm behind a season or something. Okay, I because I, this is part of what I'm interested in, right? It's like talking about like what what are your interests when it comes to gaming? Because obviously the cast knows a lot about what I like. It knows a lot about what Mango mm-hmm. likes, right? Um, knows a lot of our thoughts on this kind of thing is. But my my interest is to hear you know just kind of another person who's <laughs> not one of the two of us, right? Um, what you know what your what your thought process is when it comes to when it comes to games. Um, and uh, I don't know. Also, I've just been getting back into Battlegrounds, so I'm uh, in uh, the auto chess space again. <clears throat> I like Battlegrounds. I also haven't played that in a few months. 
What what is Battlegrounds? I don't think I'm actually familiar with this. When you said Battlegrounds that was... is the Hearthstone version of okay. TFT. Okay. Okay. Um, and, but it works different than TFT. I like it better than TFT because um. So the thing about TFT that I don't like is that um. There's three ranks for units, right? You can one star, two star, three star units, right? Um, Hearthstone doesn't have that. Hearthstone, you can just have a regular version or you can have a golden version. Um, and the golden version is like the upgraded one. Um, and then the other thing is that, um, or actually, does this happen in TFT? You guys know when you when you combine three of a guy, do you get another guy? I mean, you, no. it combines into the upper no. rank one. No, right. that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the other thing like that happens... gold thing for the next tier up, which is awesome. Yeah, if you get three of a kind and then you play that minion, <laughs> it'll give you a little spell that you can cast to discover a minion from a tier above yours, right? So getting a golden minion is actually really valuable because it allows you to, like, dig farther in the tavern tiers, is what they're called, right? Uh, like the shop tiers, um, than you would normally be able to, which I like a lot. There's also less economy. So the other thing about TFT is that, you know, you build your economy up to 50 or whatever, then you get interest mm. on that, and you're mostly just kind of, like, dealing you know, whatever. <clears throat> in Hearthstone, you don't have any of that. You just have a set amount of gold per turn. You spend it all. It comes back, you know, at the end of the turn, that kind of a, that kind of a thing. So those are the big differences between, between Battlegrounds, I guess, and, um, and, uh, and TFT. Well, I, and then also, I don't know, TFT is less about like upgrading units in, in between rounds as much as it is upgrading units, um, in the middle of combat, right? Like, with battlegrounds, a lot of what you're doing is you're spending the in-between shop phases, up like powering up your minions, so you have like a really big, strong board, right? And that tends to be like you create some kind of value engine somehow, right? That says like every time you know you give all your minions taunt, and then you find a guy that says give all your taunt minions plus two plus two. That now th are those stats for the rest of for the rest of the game. TFT doesn't really have that. TFT has items, I guess, but like yeah. it's not the same. It's very item dependent, you know, like if I don't get the right items, my build can still completely fail. You know, I could have the full build, but if I fail on the carries items, I will just lose anyway. Isn't that part of the draw, though, is that like there's only so much skill you can put into these games and therefore it's fun to play casually and you don't have For to. Sure. You don't have to worry you about know. sweating so hard. Don't have yeah. to be mad about any of that. Yeah, it, it, and the thing about Battlegrounds that makes it interesting is that the combinations are so varied that you can have some truly bonkers, like one of a kind sort of builds. That like I played a game where I was playing a character who had a who could assign a death rattle to targets on the on the board that said when they die they summon a unit from a tavern tier lower, right? So if a, a five tavern tier unit dies, a four tavern tier unit spawns, right? Um, and then I also got a thing that made it so that my death rattles double up. Um, and I basically just made like a completely bonkers death rattle comp where I was just constantly refilling the board with all of these summoned minions. And it was just like, it was the strongest thing. It was incredibly powerful. I easily won that game. But that was like the only version of that that I, you know, like, you, to, to get all of those things to line up in that particular way is incredibly hard and rare to, you know, to do. So, um, did, yeah. Did you hear that, by the way, buddy? 
Yeah, like a fucking plane. Like yeah, my, I think my neighbor, my neighbor, like has a is my neighbor like is a on a farm, out there. Um, and he has like a small plane that he flies sometimes. Of course, he decides to fly over my house <laughs> while we're recording the podcast <laughs> on the day when I can't put the mic in the uh, in the box. Um, Perfect, right? Um, it's like it's like when we used to record. Um, it's like when you used to get like the police siren every other day. You know, every other week. Yes. Yeah. Those um, were the days. Or that one time you got the um, the drummer. The, tr- the truck drummer. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. That guy's name. Sheriff Drummond is his name. And he runs around in that, like, it's like an honestly like a Mad Max truck. It's like a pickup truck with a big ass drum kit in the back. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I don't know. I was talking about like Battlegrounds and stuff like that. Josh, what would you say your favorite game of all time is? Do you have a favorite game of all time? Five, man. That's really hard to, to determine, man. I feel like I usually just say it's Final Fantasy X. That- how do you feel about what? um the what's the blitzball? I love blitzball. Okay. That's what the, the fuck only is thing, blitzball. That's the only thing I know fucking about. Fucking love Fantasy blitzball. 10. Blitzball is what? the I, mini game. I don't know game. shit about I've never played Final Fantasy X, so in, I don't know shit in about Final this. Final Fantasy X, they create a, a sport and make it a mini game. Where they like play in like a sphere of water that they somehow breathe in. And it's, and it's called blitzball? Yeah, and it's like Rugby in the water. I feel like there's a Gungan sport that's like this. Hmm? I feel like there's a Gungan sport that's like this. Might be. Um, and uh, let's play. Let's play Star Wars again. Let's play our Star Wars game. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, what's it called? How do you? Isn't is it like? Is it? Isn't like the the one guy very racist in Final Fantasy X? That's the, the things I know about. Yes, about Final yes. Fantasy X. Walker comes starts off as like super racist against the. What are they called? The Albeds? Because they, they use the machines, and that's bad, because it's against his religion. Ah, I see. His brother died not listening to him about not using machines. He's got a deep backstory. And this is what makes it your favorite game? I've just played it a lot. I think this is my first big RPG. How do you feel about Ten Two? I am not as big a fan. Not as big a fan, you know? I, I know it's controversial. Uh, I feel like the, <laughs> the the story dropped off heavily there, because you know there wasn't a lot of anywhere to go after the end of the first one. They were like, no, money. Uh, I heard they walked back some of the stuff that, uh, like some of like some of the story beats from one or something like that. Yeah, there are a few like weird things where they kind of retcon a couple things to make it fit. It was weird. What? Did I just drop? No. Oh, or did you drop on the... Did I drop? Can you hear... But he's not talking, so... Hello. Yes, I can hear you. I'm no. sorry. Okay. I, don't I am looking up Blitzball now. I am I am reading yeah. the, the Final Fantasy wiki yeah. entry on Fucking Blitzball. Blitzball is, is like the... Apparently, I didn't realize growing up that it's, it's controversial. Some people are like, I hated Blitzball. It's like the worst thing ever. Because one of the things, if you want to, like, get all the best things, Waka is a Blitzball player, and so to get his ultimate weapon upgraded all the way, you have to play a certain amount of Blitzball. That sounds terrible. And so if you hate Blitzball, you're just going to have a bad time getting that. So so what about, what about Final Fantasy X makes it your favorite? I mean, like I said, it's my first big RPG. 
The nostalgia? That, that's, you know, a lot of sense. it is just nostalgia. Every once in a while, I'll just go back and play it anyway. I feel that way about Super Mario Bros. 3. Which when when was yeah. the last time you went back and played Final Fantasy X? I don't know, three or four years ago. We're talking about a game I keep coming back to now. It's probably Stellaris. Yeah. Oh wow. God, I come back yeah. to that game constantly. I bet you have more hours of Stellaris than I do. Uh, I, have, I haven't played Stellaris recently, but I mean God, to because they had a new I have expansion. Like eight or nine hundred hours in that game. What? Jesus Christ! Now, on, in my defense. I constantly, it's my game that I, like, leave on when I'm working, so I'll just pause it oh, while okay. I'm working and okay. just kind of leave it there. So it has, like, significantly more hours than I've actually played in that game. Okay, just kind I, of I mean, I do want to be clear that, like, you are talking, like, I have 900 hours in Total War Warhammer 2. I have, like, 400 hours. What do I, 431 hours in Total War Warhammer 3. I have 279 hours in Stellaris, which, to be fair, is fewer than I would have anticipated. Um, so, like, it's not like any of us are going to fucking shame you, especially because of <laughs> WoW, right, yeah. where all of us probably have right. ungodly amounts Oof. of time. Charlo, right? in, the, in the chat with Spicy Takes, there is no... Uh, defending Stellaris. Um, says, <laughs> if, I, if I did my slash played WoW, my slash played WoW, I think on just Baron, I think might be over a year. I think it might be over 360 days. 365. See, I, I, it's hard for me to get There's, that. Yeah. Yeah. I switch characters a lot. That's fair. Um, actually, so that's, that's maybe an interesting thing to talk about. We talk about WoW a lot on this podcast. What do you think yep. of the current expansion, current patch? Let's see. I like the current expansion. I think they've made a lot of improvements. I think dragon riding is awesome. I think questing is a little bit better. The environment is awesome looking. I am behind in the storyline, so I can't really comment as much on this I'm patch. also behind in the This is actually like, the first WoW patch in a long I time. Go, I push right through that storyline, and this time <clears> I like have barely touched it. I just kind of have skipped over that, and I'm just continuing the rating. Yeah, I need to. I need. I haven't done like all the dragon hatching stuff, and I need to like get my loam niffin up. Um, I think I just unlocked the loam niffin. <laughs> the yeah. other day, because I like <laughs> literally hadn't touched a story. I had like just played one character, a cut one or two of the quests. I hadn't even completed the starting storyline. I had yeah, I did a bunch of that stuff on like Sunday because the end of July was coming up and I hadn't cleared my traders tenders, which is unheard. Like yeah, that's insane to that me. That was same right? with like, me. I like me too. I was nowhere close, and all of a sudden I was like, "Fuck!" Now I have to look at this list and. What can I do really quickly? I did some pet battle stuff, then I noticed the the quest was at needed five more. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this quest line. I'll definitely get five quests done. I'll be done. I'll have my July done. Yeah, no, I, I was literally setting off fireworks in raid to get like. 10. I also set off fireworks. <laughs> that was how I got my last fifty points. Is I bought a bunch of fireworks off the auction house and I set them off in Valdrakin and then in Orgrimmar to get my like, you know, whatever to the the final few the final few points. I think part of it is that I'm pretty sure last month for Trader Center was doubled, right? Um, because yeah, it was like a special like month a or something. Hundred or so. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Like normally, I just get it off of doing a couple of. 
you know, doing Mythic Dungeons and then doing Raid, and that's enough to, to max me out. Also, we have not been raiding, or I mean, I guess you've got your other raid group, but we have not been raiding yeah. enough to, to clear the quest on our... No, I haven't been raiding. You know, that raid group, we got AOTC and basically kind of... I mean, they, they kept doing stuff a little bit because uh, they did the achievement run and stuff like that, but I, I saved the achievement runs for Wombo, so I haven't been raiding with that, mm -hmm. with that group. I haven't been doing Mythic Plus because Sawyer, our tank, was has been moving for the last two months and he just doesn't have a computer set up right now. It's just like I, I have. I this is the least on WoW I have been in probably five or six years. Oof. That's that's. that's... Uh, I feel like I haven't been dungeoning much lately. I think the last time I dungeoned, we got a small group together. One of the weeks, I think it was the first week, the the new mega dungeon was out, and we mm -hmm. didn't have enough people. They were like, like five people got together and we did half of the mega dungeon. Did you so did you complete it ever? Just no. those those that was it the no, first four. That wow. Was, okay. We, we did like first four or five, uh, and we were done. It's too late. Oof. You you are all on D four, aka trash game. Uh, yeah, I I've, I've actually been playing some D four. Uh, though, is it a trash game? I thought everybody liked D four. What I, happened? Well, everybody hated playing. it after the like everybody got mad at the patch, and then they unpatched it. Or something. What they do? Oh, I did hear about that. They, yeah, because they they nerfed everyone's favorite shit, or they nerfed all of the stuff that was overpowered in the patch, and they were like, "Well, how?" You know, and people were like, "Well, how am I gonna play the game?" And it's like, I don't know, man. I I never have it. I have no sympathy for that kind of shit. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like you set like a base level expectation, and like people are like, oh, "I can't do the biggest number now," and I play this game to do big number, right? So. Um, I think that's part of it. Also, I, I, have, I have heard that, like, Sorcerer was already struggling and that nerfed basically the only viable Sorcerer build. Although, I don't know what viable actually means. Charles in the chat says, I wasn't able to get into it. I'm very sympathetic to that. Like, in the preseason, I leveled a Barbarian to, like, 60, and I've leveled a Necromancer to, like, 15, maybe, in the season. <laughs> um, just because, like, I can't bring myself to care. Like... Um, you know, it's just like, like, basically it got me back into WoW because I was like, I'd rather be doing, <laughs> if I'm going to grind mindlessly while I listen to a podcast, I think I'd rather be doing that in WoW than in, uh, wow. yeah, than, than in D4. Um, I kind of do think, I think that's real though, because like, I, I, I mean, I am pretty deep in the season. I'm like, I have a level 35 or so sorcerer, but part of my thing is that I am playing the build of sorcerer that I think is funnest and most cool, which is the zappy sorcerer where you just all lightning skills. Um, and, um, <clears throat> I am not, um, I'm not going super hard on it, right? I'm just logging in a little bit, doing a couple of, you know, thingies. I'm, I'm following the, the season Guy, this is how I used to do Diablo 3, right? They would give you, here are the challenges to get through the season or whatever, then you just complete a certain number of them and you kind of progress the next year. That's all I've been, that's like all I've been doing or whatever. But um, I do sort of think that Diablo is an anti-fun game, which is to say that like, sort of the point of playing Diablo, you know how I was complaining about the whirlwind build for Barbarian a couple yeah, of years yeah. ago, where I was like, the whole point of that build is to hit all of your buttons, give yourself a bunch of buffs, and then just Same. click Whirlwind for, like, 30 seconds, right? 
And to me, that is the worst idea. That is the most boring shit. But I began to realize as I started looking at, like, every build is like that for every class, right? It is just find one ability that you can spam or that you can hold down that does the most possible damage. And everything else is just about buffing that thing to max. And it's just like, so this whole game is just about reducing complexity such that I can just press one button. Like, that's it. I just yeah, press it, one it's, button. It's like advanced <laughs> cookie clicker. Um, yeah, yeah. It kind of oh is, God. right? Um, I, I think part of the problem there <laughs> is, is, like, it's it, it's that you just, like, want, like, because, like, people just want to see number go up, right? Like, I, mm. I, I think that's, that, that's a big part of it. And two, it's, like, um, the game has always been about, like, fast clearing like m like non-challenging stuff rather than about pushing yourself to clear more difficult things because like you get better rewards from like clearing an, a moderate dungeon four times than you do from like clearing a hard dungeon once um yeah um and so like the trials and chat says and everybody loves to never go up go up loot get cool i i feel that but it's also like i just feel like the um there's not enough like variation coming out of the legendaries right like Something when I like think about something like Borderlands, and uh, the first one's the only one I really got into. But like, you when you play like past the end game in that, right? It's like you get a new gun, and it significantly changed the way you played because it was a different gun, right? Like, um, and and the game was much more about the gunplay than it was about like the individual characters. Um, whereas like I feel like by the time you even like hit end cap, you've seen basically every legendary like at least once or at least all the all kind of like the build defining ones and so it's at that point just kind of like well there's no like there's nothing new to discover and like it also feels like it feels like the the builds are a little bit too laney right like at least in d3 which is a game that like you know had it's had tons of problems right like you had like six runes per per ability and so you've got a lot of variety here and there's only like there's there's like two per ability and like you got a fair amount of abilities per node but like they feel like it, it feels like, you know, um, even though I'm not locked to one ability per category in D4, I'm doing that more than I was in D3 when like the game wanted you to lock to one ability per category. You know, one thing that I think is interesting is we actually praised at the time Diablo 4 for getting rid of sets, right? Yeah. Um, because, like, at the time I was thinking, well, sets are just, like, mandatory gear, right? The point of the game is to get your set. Your set is super powerful, but it really narrows you in and defines your whole build. Um, <clears throat> they kind of took sets, made them into uniques, right? Uh, and added a bunch of, like, legendaries or whatever. But the thing that I'm beginning to realize, I think, is that because you have so many slots that you can put a legendary in that slot, right? It just sort of makes sense to take all of the legendaries that do a thing, right? All of the whirlwind legendaries, for instance, or all of the shout legendaries, kind of cobble them all together rather than, you know, like, it's not like I would ever choose to have a non-synergistic legendary in my build because it's such a multiplicative amplifier yeah, right yeah. to have two legendaries amplifying one skill essentially right um and that's bad and unfun i think is the moral of the story that i'm that i'm kind of making yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like unofficial sets implicit because sets. yeah yeah implicit specific. sets right because if you can have three things that all affect shouts well obviously shouts are going to be better than 
you know, something that doesn't affect shouts, right? Like, for instance, in for Barbarian, there's a couple different ones that will affect shouts, right? And some of them that are like, um, it's like one of them that says when you use a shout, the cooldown on your other shouts is reduced by a certain amount or whatever. And it's like, that's not even a legendary that's encouraging you to go one skill. It's a legendary that's encouraging you to go three skills deep. And it turns out that's the cornerstone of every barbarian build because getting all of the shout legendaries is just like the most powerful thing you can possibly, you can possibly do. Yeah. Set bonuses are cool, I think, and give you something to chase, especially if you, <clears throat> if the, um, the way you earn them is unique. Yes, that's what Charles says in the chat. I, I do think I agree. This is sort of the destiny mindset, right? Destiny says that in order to get your, your super cool exotics, you have to kind of go through like a quest chain or whatever. Um, it's always a little bit of a balance between when that becomes like Sisyphean sort of Sisyphusian. So, yeah, Sisyphus. Yeah, Sisyphusian. Sisyphus. Yeah, Sisyphusian, right? Yeah. Um, where it's like, I have to churn through this boring content in order to get the thing that I want. This is like the wow problem that a lot of Shadowlands and BFA um, and Legion had, according to players, right? Where, you know, the, the gap between them and the things that they want was too far. And so now we have Dragonflight where you just kind of always get what you need. Um, <clears throat> yeah, also uh, the, the issue with sets is that, like, yes, they are a cool chase, but, like, once you get them, there's it's, it's like a... It's like a steep ramp, and then like there's like not a lot to do after that, right? Like yes, there's a chase. It's a chase for the set, but once you get the set, and I think maybe the bigger problem was was the way it, it was implemented in D three, where like you just got the set after a certain point in in, in a yeah. season. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think maybe D four solves this problem with like a bigger pool of legendaries, although maybe not. Um, well, so the thing I thought they were going to do, um, because they had said that there were going to be new legendaries and uniques coming in the season, I had thought that they were going to rotate out the legend, the legendary pool, right? Um, I, it turns out I misunderstood that. Really, what they just meant is they're going to add one legendary for each class and one unique for each class, which is like the boringest possible way to handle it. You guys should enable guest star to enable these drop-in hot takes. What the fuck is guest star? There's got to be some Twitch functionality that I don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if this you know if this matters, but uh, Charles would know about that stuff. Uh, um, also, um, actually, I can't. So we are simulcasting to YouTube, and I'm sure that that won't work if uh, if I enable guest star on on, on Twitch. Um, so uh, you know. Sorry. I imagine that is very cool functionality. Lolville <laughs> Twitch marketing. Yeah. yeah no. Okay, but anyway, we're getting a little off topic from the topic of today's episode, which is, which is still Josh. Josh. <laughs> oh, well, then you got way off topic because I doubted uh, whether I'd want to play Diablo 4 so much. I just didn't get it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> hey, you, you're you know smarter than us, right? Yeah. Like, I spent yeah. like 60 bucks on, on the fences. Like, you know what? I'm too on the fence for this. There are other games I'm looking forward to in the next month or two. I'll be fine. All right. So besides well, what have you been playing lately? And Stellaris, I guess, since we talked about. And Stellaris. Uh, what are you looking went... forward to? Like you said, uh, you know, Gate what, what are, what are, is coming yeah, out yeah. Thursday. Um, Armored Core 6 comes out at the end of the month. Everybody's talking about Armored Core 6. Can, can somebody explain to me the hype? Is it just that it's FromSoft or whatever? Uh, so there are people who are big Armored Core fans from the, the four times. You understand the allure of the mech game. Yeah, but yes, a lot of it is like, the, like there, there are like some Armored Core grognards, but it, it is a lot of like, you know, 
FromSoft fanboys that are like, this is another FromSoft game. It'll probably be good, right? Like, it's like Dark Souls with mechs, but it's not, right? Like, um, no, okay. I'm all, I'm all <laughs> yeah, for okay, the mech game. Fine. I am so in this for yeah. the mech game. I, I, I think that's actually a good point, too, right? Like, mech games are a popular genre that we haven't gotten, a real, like, a real kind of, like, like uh, what, what would the word be? Like, a real marquee game for in a while, right? Like, Mech Warrior hasn't been a thing for a while. Um, Titanfall, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Titanfall has been replaced by Apex, which is decidedly not not mechy. Um, and even Titanfall wasn't very mechy, right? Like mechs were like a piece of it. Um, uh, and like, there's like some free to play mech games, but like those have their own kind of like pal on them. Do you? you, yeah, you I've tried. I've tried a few out, but like, you know, they're not. They're kind of clunky, or they're not like as interesting because one of the allures of a mech game like Armored Core is you can kind of customize your mech. You can put your parts together, whereas a lot of them are like, "Here's your assigned mech." It does. Yeah, thing, I mean that's what makes which, Mech like, Warrior feels like it's and Battletech a, uh, you know, why don't I play something like Overwatch instead? You know, if it's yeah. locked, if my abilities are perfectly locked in, there's not really any difference. Yeah, there's definitely something really alluring about the idea of like customizing my own mech. Right. You know. Uh, like t- a, the Tinker Phage. My childhood for forever. It, it, did you play the BattleTech game that Stellaris, not no. Stellaris, that Paradox made? No, I don't think so. Okay, because like that, like I might even say that tinkering with my mechs in the mech bay is more fun in that game than actually fighting with the mechs are. <laughs> like fighting, <laughs> fighting with the mechs is like cool, but it tends to be pretty, you know, straightforward, right? You know, you aim at guy, you shoot, kind of thing. It's actually kitting out your mechs and like doing the whole. Kind of the, you know, going to different, you know, systems, buying new mechs, getting mech parts, combining them to make mechs. Like, I feel like that's actually probably the thing that I really like about Battletech. Yeah. I mean, that reminds me of, you You play like a Metabots mobile game, right? Every once in a while. I can never give it up. Yeah. No, just because like that reminds me, of, like I had, a, I had a Metabots game for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, I Because it had like a Pokemon style, you know, like, you know, gold and silver version yes, of the game yes. and i used to love that game because it's like you know you switch out the parts so right much. yeah um do you know what metabots is buddy <laughs> do you know what metabots i know is? the anime yeah metabots is like the little robots there's yeah. the one that and looks they, like a rabbit turns, they have a whole game series on this on that from that anime and uh well previous to that anime and continuing on wow and most of them are in japanese and i can't play them because i i can't read enough yeah but, you know, but it, it has the same kind of allure. And now, right? it's, and now the they've parts. ended with a phone game. I'm kind of hoping they don't stay with phone game forever and go back to making games. But you never know. This could be the end. So, uh, what's your uh, favorite uh, thing to do in Solaris? Like, what's your favorite strategy? Fuck, that's so hard. I play so much Stellaris. Do you have like a like what what is like your flagship you know sort of st- like uh, like like empire built around? Yeah, and like like pure cosmetics. What what what, what do you like typically go with like fungus or like avians mm-hmm. or humans? I go all over the place. You know, I think one of my favorite builds whenever I'm like okay, I just want to do my usual thing is uh, I'll go back to the what is it the necrophage build. I love that that gameplay. Very cool. Where, the, the, where they, what, what, where like they, you I don't have actually the, know what the, the necrophage, necrophage is, the, is. is one of the origins. It's uh, 
you have two races. You have the basically the parasite race and the oh. normal race. And so you have a special building that every like whatever amount of time it converts the lower pops into your advanced parasite pops. It's like the trill in Star Trek. Hmm. Yeah, kind of. Wow. You know, it just so one of the things there is you can just go around being like a barbarian despoiler and stealing other people's pops to fill up your your need for more pops to convert. I that is typically one of yeah. I uh, it's funny because I typically don't think that raiding and high combat is actually a fun way to play grand strategy games, right? Normally I think that those builds are un like mm. they're kind of uncompetitive in a way. Um just because like it's hard to make that sort of level of aggression work out in the long term. You're just like investing a lot of sort of future, I guess I would call it future capital um, in like military units that you're keeping around. I'm thinking about a game like Civ or something like that, right? Yeah, it's kind um, of like high risk, high reward, right? Like you got to keep Yeah, the ball yeah, rolling. like maybe yes. maybe you're playing as Genghis Khan or I, I don't even know Civ, this is like civilizations. Like there was one where they had the, the battering ram, I think, yes. that could like yes, siege that. down ancient cities like – if you're playing in a multiplayer game of Civ and somebody's playing that guy, right? Like that is a very high risk, high reward strat because it is like they either cannibalize their very first neighbor and just kind of win because they have two capital cities right off the bat um, when everybody else is just trying to figure out kind of like expanding or they just like lose and are fucking useless because that kind of thing never scales into the late game. And you have somebody who's playing a more kind of conventional like Germany or like England or something like that and they kind of take over in the mid game, right? It's, um, it's also kind of like a dick move because it's like your neighbor's another player. It's like, well, the four of us were going to play and now it's three of us, right? Like, <laughs> You okay, buddy? I should not have taken that drink of water. I like, almost spit it out. Okay, do you remember, especially because Charles is in the chat, do you remember the game, I think it was Civ Five that we played, where you and Charles were fighting over my cities because I wasn't religious and oh, you guys yeah, were yeah, trying to convert me to your religion? <laughs> that was actually that was actually really funny. Um uh, yeah, well, so in Stellaris, it's interesting because I have played the Barbaric Despoilers build where the first Ascension perk you get is Raiding Party, where you can get into Raiding Stands and Abduct Pops yeah, from, like a, there's you know. There's a trait you don't need to get that for, that you can get that without having to get the, uh, the Ascension perk. Oh, fancy. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. So usually you just go yeah. that, that way. I don't have to waste my, it, it, it feels it, like a waste to use my, my Ascension perk on that when there are way better things. So he's been he, Josh's been telling me about like oh they they introduced the leader update and the leaders have more like stuff to them it feels like it's like slowly turning Stellaris into CK two in space um the more you talk about it right like you know the, yeah, more yeah. more personalities the on the leaders it was uh, there was it's uh, more personalities on the leaders leaders now have like value when they level up whenever they level up it's like here's an option of either upgrading a previous trait or gaining a new trait and it'll show you which ones. And then when you hit like level three, you get like a categorization of what your what that leader is, you know, uh, boosting to whatever. Uh, each leader has different things for that. And there are legendary leaders that have like super powered traits and are ridiculous. And you have a, uh, what do you call it? A like council that you get you assign people to and they have effects on your entire empire now 
Yeah, that is like that is very CK three, right? Like the most important thing in in my head when it comes to Crusader Kings is assigning your council, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, now and that's making really sure you have like it's still yeah. Maybe I'll so you get some again. ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not thinking the exact same thing. Well, the, the, I've been getting into Anno eighteen hundred again, just because a friend of mine was like, "Hey, buddy, is this a fun city builder?" And I was like. Yeah, like I lost like two weeks to that game where I was just like, like it occupied my whole life. Um, and uh, and then I saw that there was a new update and I was like, okay, they're doing airships now. You can do airships in Anno 1800. So I have now, I have now sunk back into that hole. But it's, it's always really easy to get me back into playing Solaris. Though I feel like I am always playing one like core build. I tend to expand very aggressively and very yeah. fast. And then I like to just sort of sit in my gigantic empire and turtle until like the end game crisis. Always a good strat. Do you are, are you do you do you like to go like offensive? Or do you do you like conquering a lot of territory? Kind of. I uh, basically just cuz I, I you know, I'm playing with all these computers, I just assume at some point someone's going to get overly aggressive with me, so I need to have that military to immediately take them the fuck out. And then it just kind of has that. to snowball because I'm like, okay, well now other people are like, oh, you attacked them and you're near me now because you took their territory. I'm going to fight you too. Yeah, I feel like I never, I, I don't like taking enemy territory in Solaris because I hate I inheriting always, garbage pops taking. and planets. That is the issue. It's like, I said, there's always that penalty. There's that penalty for like the first five years or something. They're just like garbage. Yeah, similar thing in CK3, right? Like, you know. Don't like yeah, it's funny, because in Total War, when I take over a town, you you just instantly get control of it, and it, like, you can build it how you want. But because when I take over an enemy's planet in Stellaris, I'm inheriting the way that they built that planet, I have this weird tension of, like, okay, well, now I'm, am I going to invest a bunch of resources in, like, completely redesigning their whole planet from like the ground up and how it fits in and like that process is like daunting in a way and i just like never want to engage Especially in it which is why i just like to turtle don't have the mineral resources for that yeah 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 uh, that, that feels, and so feels like a great way to play solaris mm -hmm. is like if you suspect your friend is going to try and take you over you just like build a planet like really shittily that way when they take it they have to <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah. Well, my thing is, I, I, I really like star bases too. I like, to, I like, my, I think my favorite thing in Stellaris, just like on a, like on a, almost like a kinesthetic level, is to have war declared on me. But like, you know, there are those choke point systems where it's yes, like all the starlight, starlight. I will take that choke point system and I will build a star base up in that that is just like the most god platform, and I'll just keep my. Yeah fleet there so that like when they come in it's just it's a bloodbath right and i destroy the entire enemy fleet i don't know is it like maybe i would call this like the you know like the magino line fantasy right yes. do you guys know what the magino line is no. in world war ii uh the french in world war ii the french built a uh incredibly powerful defensive fortification against on their border with germany right basically they were like fuck the germans world war one sucked so bad we're not letting them do this shit again so we're gonna build this really really dense fortification along the border and that border was called the Maginot line um the germans would eventually 
completely fuck over the Maginot Line by invading through Belgium, right? Going, they they yep. invaded Belgium, went around, you know, blitzkrieg the shit out of the French behind behind the Maginot Line. They like collapsed immediately. But I just think that there's something like really satisfying about like fighting in a defensive war like that, where you are just like an impenetrable wall of armor that refuses to die, right? I've used that for offensive too. I like lock out one of the choke points that they can use to get into my empire and just have my entire fleet swoop in from the other one. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think when I, whenever I'm expanding in that early kind of exploratory phase, I'm always claiming up to yes. the choke point and then backfilling, right? It's kind of like in like a coloring book or whatever, right? You know, you sort of, you color in the outline of the thing and then you fill it in and then you fill it in later yeah stellaris game or rather a paradox game about not painting tell me more right like <laughs> uh, true um but yeah uh what else what uh, else man do you have do you have other do you have do you have other strong opinions on world of warcraft how did you feel about deathlands or whatever that was called <laughs> shadowlands, shadowlands. How did you feel about Shadowlands? You hated Shadowlands. Fans of Shadowlands, and I thought the what, what the was what was, was what were your issues with, with Shadowlands? As, as interesting or engaging as Dragonflight. I feel like Dragonflight is is much more interesting. And on Didn't topic, all of us just the, say that we hadn't normal. done this story? Hmm? Yeah, you you haven't done the story, right? <laughs> right yeah. done, I haven't done the latest patches story. <laughs> Okay, cool. Stories. What is the what? Is, what is interesting about the Dragonflight story compared to Shadowlands story? Dragons are much more appealing. It, then, uh, it felt like the the Shadowlands. Everyone, different factions have like their different views of death, and then you show up and it's like, nope, none of these things are here, and here's what death is like. Yeah, I I think I can, I think I understand that in that like anytime they give us a thing where like. You have to make a character choice um, about something significant that it all kind of gets muddled in kind of like the overarching story because they don't have like four separate, st like like yeah you had your each each covenant had its own separate storyline kind of like each class had its own class uh, storyline in Legion, um, but eventually those coalesce because you know making disparate content that only a quarter of your player yeah. base is going to play through is like not fun. Yeah, like I think the best you can do with that is Alliance versus Horde. Right, like, to, to, like, because then you only split it in half. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think I buy that. Um, how do you feel about Morchi? I haven't played that fight yet. Okay. How do you feel? About, how do you feel about Morchi? I think it's a dumb name. I do think it's uh, a dumb the, name. What? It's a perfectly reasonable name. It's a, I don't like it. It sounds Morchi. dumb. Everyone, it feels like every other infinite dragon has a cooler name than that. So. That's why it's dumb. Boo. Yeah. Morchi is fine. I, I More is a, is a clear prefix for death, right? And it is a rewritten version of Chromie's name. It's perfect. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying it doesn't fulfill the rules. I'm saying it sounds dumb. Yeah. Right? Like, I wanted, I wanted that other infinite dragon flight dragon that we, you kind of, like, half work with in, the, uh, in like, the first patch to be, right. to, to be dark Chromie. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, Chromie's name isn't Chromie, right? It's like 
Chromadin, or you know, it's, it's, it's she's got some like real name, right? Yeah, like, like Chrominius or something. Yeah, Chromadorm. I think it's Chrom 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 had her take like that was a little bit more serious because like my 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 expectation is that the arc is going to be if she figures out how to keep the 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 infinite dragon flight from ever happening right because like that's chromie and chromie never gives up right um and like i feel like a infinite dragon that had given up that hope would be appropriate right like you know, someone who doesn't embrace like Morchi still embraces kind of like that like childlike wonder, and maybe they'll surprise me. Maybe the story will have something that deals with this, right? And it's like, you know, um, like Morchi comes out the other end back, like like reverts herself back to Chromie, and that's how they solve the problem. And maybe yeah, I do want to say that that fight is really hard and it fucking sucks. So oh, in, in, buckle up for that in in the uh, in the mega dungeon. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah I did the mega dungeon last week with some of the other uh folks in ray it was like me lokix uh Drew, bull and lou and dave i think um and uh that the morty fight is a doozy okay you know i never did the mega dungeon in shadowlands so i don't know if i'm ever <laughs> gonna do this this mega dungeon just because, like and do the hard <clears throat> mode i never got i loved tazavesh yeah we did tazavesh in shadowlands um but uh i don't know i've only done you know the the mega dungeon once this time so and it was also, it was late at night, it was after raid, and we were all really tired, and we were trying to do it in one night, and it's just like, doing a full raid, and then doing an eight-boss mega dungeon is, like, a lot. Doing anything after raid for me is just, like, I need to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah, um, it feels, feels bad, man. Maybe, maybe if we keep not doing Thursday raid, I'll, I'll figure, I'll find it in me to actually do dungeons. Um, not Thursday raid makes me sad. Does not Thursday raid make you sad? It does make me sad, but like at the same time, current Thursday rain makes me sad too. <laughs> like barely anyone's showing up, and you know we're we get like no progress whatsoever. We just spent the last two times it happened. We just spent it like wiping on things we've easily cleared before. Yeah. We just didn't have the deeps there. Yeah, summer summer rains are always tough, yeah, right? People on like, vacation. You know, it's not like yeah. That was exactly that was exactly what was up with with us. We were away uh, last weekend or well, last Thursday, so I was in a rain. Which is why you didn't make me a belt until Sunday, which is fine. True. Yes, that is also true. I didn't make you a belt until Sunday. No. Um. So I. So okay. To get back to to get, get back on topic. Topic is Josh. I'm interested in your like gaming progress right not just like what it you know like final fantasy 10 like oh this game that i played that got me you know like whatever like what what were like the first couple of games you played like how did those evolve right do you do you go back to that period of time right and i think my first video games are on the original game boy and the way my mother tells it is she just happened to be she was in toys r us and she just saw a big line and asked them what that what it was for. It was like, it's the next big thing. Everyone wants it, and they just got a shipment of it. And she just kind of stood in line, brought me a Game Boy. Oh, my God. Your mom is so nice. What the fuck? Why didn't my mom do that for me? 
Yeah, but like it came with like the originally came with like the all these games. It came with like uh, asteroids and missile command and Tetris or something. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like it came with like really old games at the at these like games that were already old at the time. Yeah. And so I think all immediately remakes. the first game we actually purchased was the uh, red and blue version for Pokemon. Mm. I remember that. Yeah, I, the Pokemon was quite literally, yeah, I think, in a technical sense, like my first the game. Thing. That was it. Was everywhere. Everyone knew about Pokemon. Do you have a favorite Pokemon? I do, but it's mostly because it was my my first shiny I caught on my own, which didn't happen until like Diamond version. Gastrodon, oh, oh, okay. I was thinking like the original, like one fifty. Which one? But sure. Oh. Gastrodon is the oh. the slug, the uh, water ground <laughs> slug Pokemon. He's my first shiny. It's like your first shiny is like a Zubat. <laughs> I mean, if it were Zubat, maybe I would have gotten it earlier. And I'm not counting the the Gyarados they just give you in the whichever version that was. I think that's silver, isn't it? Silver, so. yeah, silver yeah, and pearl. You have to get the red Gyarados from the lake. God, silver and pearl are so good. Or, I'm sorry, silver and gold are so good. Uh, I feel like everybody just picks the last generation they were young enough to appreciate before they realized that it was actually bad. That's uh, my I hot think take. It was, it was cool. Because you think Pokemon that, is bad? The only version that uh, that they incorporated the previous zone into it. And that was like the coolest thing ever. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, the the whole end you game know, was about like, going back to Kanto. You, you went back to Kanto and you did all those gyms, and then you finally found Red, in like the the final final cave. You just got like the all the starter Pokemon from the first version and Pikachu. And I, I don't remember what the fuck else he had. He, he must have had. That is honestly some of the most hype so shit. Cool. So y- your position is that Pokemon is bad, Mango? Yes. Is that what you're going to say? Yes, I, I suspect, like, so in high school, I, like, my, my friends did a, a Pokemon tournament on Silver and Gold, and, like, it kind of, like, shattered the mystique of that for me. It's like, oh, this isn't actually that great, right? Like, it's Oh, just, yeah, I have opinions about competitive Pokemon. It's, it's too, it's too... It's boring. Yeah, it's too easy. Well, competitive Pokemon is boring, but, like, Pokemon as a game is too easy and hasn't had, like, a real innovation since, like... Uh, gold and silver, probably. I mean, like, like I, I, I the guess. Version after that, when they had, isn't uh, I think the version after that they give everyone abilities and natures. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Mm. That, that's that is fair. about that's about where like actual innovation stops. You know, I mean, sure they had uh, they had a fairy type later, but like, mm, yeah, that's just like another. Not, yeah, it's just thing. another type. It's not really a. Uh, a real change or innovation. Yeah. They've like they have certain game modes, like they had the rotating game mode or the triples, but like they don't really stand by that. Yeah, it's just kind of a one-off thing. Or like just the like mega, or thing. like or yes, they didn't stand by megas, which were I thought was cool. Now they need new gimmicks. They had the I hated Z moves. I didn't even finish that game. I thought the fuck Z is moves, Z moves? Z moves is the is the sun and move the sun and moon gimmick after they got after they decided they weren't going to keep doing that because they decided z moves was the thing and they you have like a z move crystal that you can assign to a pokemon and it does like a a super move and you can do it once per per battle i guess yeah yeah and that's that's what it was it's just here's a like 
sober move for that you can use. Okay, it. so. Is, I didn't like it. The, I feel like my argument would be something along the lines of the uh, not necessarily my the Steelman argument. I'm I I want to say I'm sort of un I'm sort of agnostic to this to this line of thinking. But um, the Steelman argument would probably go: Pokemon is the most enduring game series, right? Of all time, of all time. Maybe right. I want to say, right? Like, the if you compare the most recent Actually. iteration of Pokemon to its nascent version, right? If you compare Scarlet to Red, right? Those two games look most similar, right? And have had the fewest number of innovations. Therefore, we might say that this, this series as a whole is tapping into a deep vein of very successful game design, right? That would maybe be my best possible version of the argument that I would want to make that Pokemon is, is, is sort of good, which is sort of an argument from, like, popular my, my evidence. Do you know what I mean? Actually. Yeah. I'm going to take it back. Why? Is that, you know, I just thought of something that I actually remember thinking that was really innovative. It was... Uh, Actually, the version I didn't play all the way through, Sun and Moon, they they created their like zone specific poke zone specific version of Pokemon, oh, like, which was their oh yeah yeah way yeah of, like having them look different and they'd have different types, but you don't have to come up with a brand new Pokemon that's still fun and interesting. You know, like Muck is still there, but now he's kind of rainbow colored and he's poison and dark. I thought that was a good idea. Yeah, I actually also thought that that, that was, was sweet. That was a good but idea. I haven't played any gave, of these games in a real sense. They gave like, evolutions to Pokemon. You always wanted them to give evolutions to, and they were just like zone-specific evolutions. So I, I think I, that might have been the next version. I, I get that, but that also feels like it's just kind of like filling. <laughs> like, it doesn't feel like innovation. It just feels like, like filling in more sure, numbers. Sure, sure. But I, I, I get that. I, I, think, I think, buddy, to, to you, like that's like, you know... Fruity Pebbles has been around for 50 years, right? Like, does that mean it's like Hope Cuisine? Um, I, I, to be fair, I sort of... Well, I don't know. For, first of all, I would say that the... It depends on the specifics of the question that is being asked, right? Um, so, what's another version of this that I could maybe, like... Like, I don't think that it's a one-to-one -one direct, com like, analogous comparison to compare a work of art to a, like utilitarian product sure right? um yeah, but, but i don't know that i there's even something i could go back to and sort of say oh this there, like there's not is it like a film series right like maybe star wars or something would be kind of analogous James right Bond and kind series? of saying that like oh a film series that hasn't changed a lot in 40 years i don't know I don't know what I would say. It just sort of feels like to me there's got to be some magic there to Pokemon to have this series be as explosively popular as it is and not see the kind of iterative change that so many other series, even shorter lived series, right? You look at the first Assassin's Creed and you look at Assassin's Creed Valhalla, they're like two totally different games, right? They basically morphed into an open world RPG, which is just wildly, wildly different um, as a result of the different, you know, iterative steps in that kind of process, right? You think about Super Mario Brothers, right? The original Super Mario Brothers as compared to Odyssey is like, yeah, I mean, but I don't think that's like the the proper comparison, right? Because like, like at at the kind of like dawn of like Super Mario sixty four, it splits into the two D and the three D Mario's, right? Like that's like the 
like Mario is still anonymous with the dawn of the 3D platformer, right? Like the new Super Mario Bros, which I agree is a stupid name, is kind of like that that 2D um, okay. torchbearer. And it like consistently innovates in like the minor mechanics, right? And it's a game that's still popular with, you know, with its target audience, which is kids because it's easy, but it also consistently provides enough challenge and kind of like its upper echelons of challenge for the more hardcore player, right? Which yeah, is see, that uh, this is probably... At. Yeah, this is probably something where I would agree. To me, I think Pokemon is less good in the sense that it is offering like deep, complex game design that has grown up with people, and it is instead sort of sewing um, basic but still fundamental sort of like tried and true game design foundations for a young audience, right? You know, I don't think I don't think the success of Pokemon is on the backs of. Uh, people like us who grew up with it since we were five or whatever you know what, whatever age we were when we first started kind of playing with it i think a lot of people like us have fought, have kind of fallen off of pokemon but i think pokemon picks up a lot of new young people who haven't experienced a game like that before and this is sort of their introduction to that that kind of thing and that would probably be my that, that would probably be my personal argument for i think pokemon is good game design but it's good game design in the way that like Kung Fu Panda is a good kids movie, right? It's a more basic movie okay. than like Kung an adult Fu drama Panda might be. Great. Okay. I mean, listen, I, I I agree. I I agree. I'm making that point, right? But Kung Fu Panda is also a simpler story and movie yeah. than sure. The Godfather. Yeah, no, I will accept that Pokemon is like baby's first JRPG, right? And like, is that mm -hmm. for a lot of people? And is a launching off point. But I would also have liked to have seen, right? Like, Final Fantasy VII in particular, right? Went from being a typical JRPG to like an action. JRPG and not saying that like you know that needs to be the case for every game but I would love a version of Pokemon that was essentially like Pokin but like as like a team battler right or like a Pokemon version of Final Fantasy 7 remake right where like you have more like where like the kind of like anime manga fantasy of Pokemon fights was like more played out rather than kind of like sprites like ing at each other on screen especially <laughs> since like especially since like like the graphics are advanced but like like it did like it's still They're kind of like still the same cutting corners with the graphics. Yeah, it's still kind of like very basic there. interactions, right? It's not like you even get like a cool action scene. It's like he still mm. stands in place and does a move. It's just like with slightly, you know, slightly more pixels on mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah, I want to almost say that there was that version of things, but it got abandoned, right? Because I sort of—that's what I think. Yeah, Pokemon that was Stadium the. Yeah, uh, yeah there's uh, the closest we had was the Wii one for it was Pokemon Coliseum. Yeah, so there's Pokemon Stadium one and two, then Pokemon Coliseum, and there might be Pokemon Coliseum too. I don't quite remember, but I think Pokemon, I think Pokemon Stadium is probably that version of them, and even that didn't survive, right? Like that that game died on the vine, sort of. Well, there has not been a modern version of it. Well, it was never. It was also it was never like the the like premier version of itself, right? Like in order to get the best, you know, in order to really play Pokemon Stadium, you have to plug in your 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 cartridge into the into the like you know mm. it, was, it was a secondary game yeah like even at its best right like um, well i don't know there's stuff to, to pokemon like so for instance one of the things that i liked about pokemon stadium pokemon stadium games. had a roguelike mode weirdly enough before we would we wouldn't call this a roguelike mode at the time because roguelikes weren't really a thing but you, where you would get essentially a random team of pokemon and then have to go through a gauntlet 
and try and make it work with your dog shit Pokemon, right? That had like yes. random movesets. That was fun. That was like, <laughs> that was maybe my first roguelike experience. Mm. And I don't even know that I ever have connected that dot in my brain, but for some reason, my neurons just bzzzed together, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, Why did we start talking about Pokemon? We're talking about uh, starting of games. Uh, starting. Oh, of yeah, oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. your first game was was Pokemon. My first game was also Pokemon. So, and so you, you got a Game Boy. What was the like console that you got after a Game Boy? It must have been the. It's got to be the the original PlayStation. Okay. I think I got Did you play Twisted Metal? Sixty four. I definitely played Twisted Metal. Oh, so much. Fun. Did you guys have you guys heard about the Twisted Metal TV show, which is apparently really good? What? <laughs> There's a I, Twisted I Metal TV how show. That could be a good TV show because it was a very simple premise of a game. Everyone's got crazy vehicles. They shoot. You drive around shooting each other. Yeah, there's like lore. I don't know. This Twisted. Know hold on. Let me let me see if I can find it. I saw people talking about this on Twitter today. Um, I'm sorry. You mean I saw X? people talking about it on X today? Yeah, man. Jesus fucking Christ! That it. is the cringiest shit. Um, 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 Twisted <laughs> Metal. Yeah, it's on like uh, the weirdest platform too. Um, is it on Tubi? God. Something like that. Is that on Roku TV? Like the Weird Al movie. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, Angry Joe talked about Twisted Meadow. <laughs> um, there's just like a bunch of people saying that it's, it's good. I don't know. Uh, it's on Peacock, I guess. Oh, okay. But yeah, the idea of Twisted Metal is that there it's the post-apocalypse and... There, the only place where there is like law and order are in cities, and you have to hire people to drive between cities, and so those people drive the tricked out cars, and that's how you get, you know, like Sweet Tooth and and whatever. I think the guy that we're you're following is Anthony Mackie, who's who is playing the character Roadkill, if I'm understanding this correct. So, yeah. It feels like somebody saw that like The Last of Us was successful and was like, quick, what's a video game adaptation we can make? But the, the, there's no way, right? They had to have been in production on this yeah, a long yeah. time ago, right? But yes, absolutely. Who came out with this, that, that idea that this is, the, this is the thing right here? Twisted Metal is going to make an amazing TV show. I mean, I, I guess kind of, kind of like with like Barbie, right? Like... You know, you give you give somebody like creative freedom to do what they want with the series instead of like nailing them to like you know established lore. Mm. That could be attractive, right? Like, like imagine that somebody like wanted to like write something like this, right? Because this could also be like a Judge Dread type thing or something, right? Or like a Fallout thing if you really wanted it to be, right? Imagine somebody had this idea for post apocalyptic thing, and then somebody was like, "What if you like used the names from Twisted Metal on this, right?" That are like, you know, this is something like a Max Landis, like, bring him up with, like, you know, like, you know, like, weird retellings of, like, classic story type things. Um, but, yeah, I could, I could buy that. Is it, do you know if any of this is, like, canon to the original series? There's got to be no way. I don't even know what the fuck, it, what is the canon of the original series? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't think I've ever even played the original game. I've definitely played them. Just I, I don't. It's so hard to remember there being. I'm sure there must have been like a story mode to like acquire all the 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 different guys, but I don't. Remember yeah, I remember what Twisted Metal Two of. was the one that I played like the most of. You know that. 
What was popular in PlayStation? It was that. Okay, and, uh, in 2006, and keep in mind this was the far future at the time, Los Angeles is in ruins and its citizens left to struggle for survival against the conclusion of Twisted Metal, a brutal contest held by Calypso. Oh, I'm sorry, this is the second one. So the plot of the original Twisted Metal, once a year, the legendary Calypso, a man who dwells beneath the streets of Los Angeles, holds the Twisted Metal competition. The contest takes place all around Los Angeles area and calls upon drivers in various different vehicles to battle to the death. The contestants are selected and contacted by Calypso via an email message that will that simply reads, Will you drive? in big red letters. The one driver still alive at the end of the night is granted a single wish with no limits on price, size, or according to some, even reality. Is this like the plot for Fast X2? Like, <laughs> just imagine, you know what? That, that would actually be sick. Imagine like fucking Dom gets a letter that says, will you drive? <laughs> but yeah. Um, speaking of crossovers between televisions and video games, did you guys see that like, Nicki Minaj and Homelander are skins in Call of Duty. No. I don't play Call of Duty. I did know that Homelander was a skin. I think I I saw Nicki Minaj. That might have been a troll post on on one of the social media sites, but I think I saw that. Let me see if I can verify this. I feel Uh, like there's no way. Fortnite was the major one that does all the ridiculous amount of skins. Yeah, Nicki Minaj is coming to Call of Duty Warzone in Modern Warfare 2. Oh my Why? god. And, and Snoop Dogg. And twenty one seven games work anymore. You 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 pay money like I, I, I think that Modern War like COD is slowly turning itself into Fortnite, right? Like, cause you're right, Fortnite is the game that has yeah, all, all it the has skins. So many skins. Um maybe Call of Duty's like we want some of that child money. Um instead we, that, we could, uh, that money that children steal from their parents and then they have to like yeah, Hope they can get back. Activision was like, "Ha! Ah, teens are better at stealing money from their parents. They can buy better, but more expensive skins." This is like the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm looking <laughs> at the boys trailer in Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, it's just a skin, right? It's not like it does anything, right? Like, I I don't know. I mean, he's using his heat vision. He's flying around. Do you get to fly around in Warzone? That seems so ridiculous. Oh, maybe. Is, is it like... Oh, my God. What? He's injecting himself with superpowers? Wow. Okay. Never mind. You can fucking get superpowers in Warzone, apparently. Uh, I bet you this... this you're, you're right. It's like Fortnite, right? Remember when Fortnite did, like, the Infinity War crossover and you could play as Thanos? And, like... Yeah. It wasn't, like, a thing you chose. It was, like, a power-up on the map. I bet you that it's like that for Warzone and for, like, the regular thing. It's just, a, it's just a, you know, a skin. Or a costume. Yeah, okay, I understand. There, It is, essentially, there is a gun, which is um, laser vision, right? Um, and so it's, it is someone with a Homelander skin using laser vision, uh, I see. right? Which is, I guess, interesting. I don't know, man. I, it's funny, those Battle Royale games really fell off for me. <laughs> Yeah, funnily enough, when you said Battlegrounds earlier, I was like, are you talking about, like, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds? We should play some Battlegrounds, actually. I would love to play Battlegrounds, like, with a group of people, right? Um, you mean the TF2 clone, not Player Unknowns, right? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, like the TF2. Oh, oh, that's a thing! That's a, that's a, that's a, speaking of fucking ever? stupid, stupid skins, I need to find this. Look up the skin, like, the skins for um, Luke and Ryu in Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. It looks 
fucking terrible. Man, let me see if I can find this real quick. Man, PUBG getting... Oof. Oh my god, Ryu looks so bad! Holy fuck! He's so pasty! Why would you do this? Yeah, so, like... Like, this the, there's so this one picture of Luke. You see this? Here, let me see, let me see if I can uh, get this... Uh, uh, copy link address, see if I can get this into... Uh, into this real quick. Um, uh, browser... Uh. No, that's not right. It's a redirect notice. Sorry for the folks. For the folks listening, this will be very nothing because it's it's an image that isn't going to show up um, for you. Uh, to return this on, put it on top. Yeah. So this picture of fucking. So the, the the thing I got this from says PUBG's we have Street Fighter at home crossover. Um, this picture, this fucking loop neck, just like sends me every fucking time. Like, I don't understand who thought this was like a good idea. Um, oh my god, that's awful. Yeah, sorry. It's just yeah. Do you, do you play awful. any? Did you ever play any of the um of the 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 the, the what's it called the battle royale games? I got into Apex a little bit with I can't even remember who the fuck I was playing with. Might have been with us. And like there was like some small group of people was into Apex for a bit and I was playing that. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny cuz like we've played a bunch of these battle we've played like every one of these battlegrounds or these these, these battle royale games. Um and half of them have died, right? Rumbleverse uh, spell, oh. spell, whatever, spell. I, 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 oh, yeah, uh, Spellbreak. Spellbreak. I like that game, too. I feel bad now that I couldn't remember its name, but Spellbreak. Um, man. <sighs> yeah, well, you know. How was your week? Yeah, um... <laughs> You know, I played Street Fighter and uh, what else? Uh, I hung out with this guy. We, yeah. went to the, we went to the beach. I hear you went to the forest. This is this is also part of like you know the issue with being like middle aged guys is like we have other things to do with our time besides just play like endless amounts of video games. Um, if only. Uh, what else? Um, I didn't think I watched anything super compelling. Uh, what about you, buddy? How was your week? Yeah, I went to see Big Trees. We went to we went to Big Tree, uh, which is to say that uh, the giant sequoias in the uh, I think it is just called Sequoia National Forest, right? The the forest in the Sierra Nevadas with the giant sequoias, mm -hmm. the biggest trees in the world. Those trees are fucking big, you guys. I don't. It is really impossible to explain how colossal these trees are. Um, 
I would recommend. I like. I don't know. What, what else am I supposed to do? I would fucking recommend it. <laughs> have, have, you been, have you ever been up to Muir Woods? Because the, the sequoias aren't as tall as the redwoods, but they are. They are like volume wise bigger. Um, yeah, yeah. My, my my hot take on sequoias is that like they are. Yeah, yeah. we're getting a sequoias hot take. Okay, it is, hit me. Is they they look like you know cancer ridden beings that forgot how to die. Um, like they, they, like, uh, that was like the only piece of nature I've ever looked at and been like, this looks like something went wrong here that like, you know, um, just cause like when they get that old and that big, they just like stop looking quite right. Like they are crazy and they are kind of like weird in their own way, but they're, they're also kind of like alien in a way that's, and also like when they fall over, they don't fucking rot because of like whatever is fucking in them that doesn't let them die. It's like fucking nuts. Right, it's like yeah. So they have uh, they have apparently like super like this special compound that is super bug resistant and super fungus resistant. So yeah, they they don't die. They just they they just kind of lie there, which is real nutty. It is also nutty that that all of those sequoias are like thousands and thousands of years old. Yeah. Right. That is this is like a tree that is like two thousand years old or whatever, like in front of you. Um but it's also because of the fires, right? Uh they they're the the reason that they look like that is because they there there's like wildfires or whatever. And um and their bark is very fire resistant, but it scars, right? So there are these like they're they're just kind of covered in these like fire scars basically. Yeah. Um, and that was also another thing too is like I, I assume maybe they'd be a little bit less um, than they are just because, like, like California is supposed to have, like, like we have done such a good job of preventing wildfires that, like, you know, this is why California gets these flare-ups because it should have been burning at, like, like, it should have had a lot of smaller fires over the past, like, 100, 200 years, and it just hasn't. Um, but, you know, this isn't a forest remanagement podcast. I can't speak on it with any authority. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, do you have opinions on the giant sequoias, Josh? Have you yeah, ever do seen you have, yeah, do you have opinions on giant sequoias? Yet. Come on, bud. I think they're they're cool, man. You, you should you should go see them. My my apprehensions about them looking like cancer trees aside. Um, yeah, so I have not gone to the redwood forest, right? Which obviously was right across the bridge from you when yeah, you lived yeah. in San Francisco. Um, but that is where yes, the tallest trees in the world, like Hyperion, which is the tallest tree in the world, but is like secret, like it's a because they don't want anybody fucking with it. Um, somewhere in the Red World Redwood National Forest. But it's not the largest tree. Yeah, the largest tree is the one I saw. General no. Sherman. We call him the general. No, the because the thing tree. about sequoias is they are cylinders. They're not cones. Most trees are conical, right, in the sense that they they start with a wide base and then it narrows and tapers to the top. A sequoia is... It's not quite... It, it is. It still does taper, but the top is is thick and rounded, right? If you were to like see them or whatever, so that just gives give the tree more tree volume. Then. Yeah, look at these tree the, facts. Yes, yeah, fun tree fact is that the the largest tree is actually neither of those. It's a it's a, the aspen tree. The, they grow in like groups that are the exact same tree. Yeah, there's a single large yeah, organism, like, right? That's yeah, like basically like, you have where you see like a ton of them. Is actually just one tree. It just shoots up. Oh, yeah, it I shoots do know up you Basically, mean, yeah. another tree. Yeah, ge- like General Sherman, I think would be probably the biggest single stem yeah. tree. Um, Fun tree fact. Yeah. We should podcast about trees more often. Mm. People love trees. Well, yeah, it seems like it's like a colony, right? So, yeah, but yeah. they are connected, right? They are all one single organism, technically. 
Um, so, yeah, it's like if you look Google okay. like world's largest organism. It's like a colony of trees or something um, that are all like have one connected root system, so they're technically all one thing. Um, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, funnily, two thousand acres of fucking trees. Holy shit! F- funnily enough, I was like like a year ago. I was on a hike in. Um, just in the forest, and I like got off the trail, and I was like, and like, I, like I was like, I saw another trail, I started walking, and I just like see this plaque on a tree. And it's like this is the tallest tree in the Northeast. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is there a random tree with a plaque on it in the middle of the forest? So was it a pine tree? Um, I think so. I okay. I'd have to go look at my photos to think I took a picture of it, but yeah. Um, yeah, I have also been to. Do you guys know about uh, there? There are special oak trees in super super old oak trees in. Um, uh, in England, and I've I've been to one called the Major Oak in Sherwood, Sherwood Forest, which is a giant oak tree that Robin Hood uh, is said to have like that was like one of the places where he was hiding out in in Sherwood Forest or whatever. Uh, that tree is also huge, but those trees are huge in like a fat squat way, right? Like they're not tall at all. They just are kind of like a big round thing, um, but like the trunk is just like this, like it's like a boulder basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> big trees, the podcast. <laughs> Oof. Oh, we really are thirty something men, right? <laughs> Have you ever been to Joshua Tree? Oh, oh, that's up by you, right? Yeah, I've been there a bunch of times. Yeah, have you ever been to Joshua Tree? No, I have not. I have not either. That's that's the thing I should have done while I was out west. Or like you know, while I was living out there, it's like taking a vacation to Joshua Tree. To be honest, Joshua Tree is actually like um, I would I would actually recommend. Here's my here's here's a hot take. Joshua Tree itself is okay, right? But I think the real effect of cool Joshua Trees is not to go to Joshua Tree itself, but to go up a highway called the 14 um, and then west on a highway called, I think, the 138. The 138 is this highway that runs along this river called the South Fork River, right? And it is – when I say runs along, I mean it is – you are on the cliff going every squiggly twist and turn, right? And the river is below you, and it is white water rapids, right? Like, if you were to fall in that river, you'd fucking die, right? Um, but the drive up there, through the desert, you you pass through uh, a section of, you know, desert that is at the right sort of, like, altitude and condition to, to sport uh, Joshua trees. And there are so many of them, it is almost, it, it really makes you go like, oh, wow, I understand why these are, like, cool and important, right? Sounds like a trip I should do sometime. Yeah, I want to do. The, I want to do Zion National Park too, just because, like you know, all yeah. those things out west. Zion National Park's by like oh Vegas. the Utah one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I know what you mean. It's like yeah, I mean uh yeah, like that would be a thing where like I'd fly out to Vegas and like do a loop around some parks and like either go to like Denver or like come back to Vegas. Um, have you ever been to Vegas? Have you ever been to Vegas? Yeah. No, I was going to go to Vegas. For um for Prasha's bachelor party, but it was canceled due to COVID. We had a we had a TNRH con in Vegas. Um, I and then I've been to Vegas, but like when I went to go see, do you, do you remember when I went to go see Roger Waters, the Pink Floyd? Oh guy? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in that was in Vegas. Yeah, they have that new they have that new eyeball thing. Yeah, yeah. That everyone's talking about on Twitter. Do you, do you uh, gamble, buddy? 
No. Okay. Well, Honey's I mean, uh, not really. Uh, you remember that book I read on gambling? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> that book fucked me up so bad. I'm not, I never want to do it. Are you kidding? Yeah, no. I mean, like, I, I think I've talked about on this podcast where, like, you know, video poker is just, like, a bad video game, so I can't ever get yeah. into it. Um, but, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny that you've been inoculated by, like, more advanced gameplay. Yeah, right? like, but I, I yeah. if there was, like, an, like, you know, like, I find, like, arcade games with, like, tickets more compelling because there's at least, like, some illusion uh, of skill. A convention like that. Yeah, or, like, uh, if, if there was a skill-based game, even, like, you know, I don't understand why they can't do that because then, like, somebody would, like, you know. No, but they're, they're in the process. People have uh, ideas for that. I went to, uh, what is it? Jason brought me to, what did they call it, Gamacon in Atlantic City. And so one of the panels was, like, the future of casino games, and someone was showing off, like, a... A Terminator game where you you play as the Terminator and you shoot like other Terminators for a limited amount of time and you know some of them can be the jackpot based on their you know preset algorithms of how how often that can come out. Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't see how that's like. I know how it I makes money the for them unless, unless they're like the only way that I see that works is like if it's a competitive game where like you're taking money from the other players and then like the house takes a cut, right? Like like a table yeah. fee. Um, that would actually be interesting, right? Like, you know, the, 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 you know, idea, you know, million dollar idea, do not steal. Instead of a casino where it's just like esports and you just play against other players and you just take a cut of the, you know, the house just takes a cut mm-hmm. of the of the entry fee. Um, it's like evil all the time. Um, can I can I ask you an interesting question? Uh, this was posed to me not that long ago. Um, you know, there's like free to play mobile games, right? Yeah. Where, um, you know. It's like the freemium model. You unlock a certain amount of the game. Um, apparently, a thing that's been happening quietly in the background is uh, publishers will make PC and console ports of kind of old, defunct, free free to play games. Right where they just it's like five bucks, but all of the free to play bullshit is sort of stripped out. Right, which. You know, as a business proposition, the idea is kind of like you don't have a market for this free-to-play version anymore. So instead, we're just going to kind of turn it into something that somebody might buy in a Steam sale, right? right? You know, it's just like, oh, I remember seeing this game, but I never unlocked everything, and I can just get it, but with everything, right? Um, is is that uh, is that something that would entice you as a gamer, right? Like. What 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 does does that make sense? Am I explaining? This, yeah, no, this no, it, it, yes. it, it makes sense to me. Um, I don't. It would, it would have to depend on the underlying game, right? Like I, I as part of like a Google Play Store quest, I played like one of these Mobile Legends games. It was neat for like you know half an hour, but like I don't care. You know, I didn't care enough to like keep playing it, right? But like, you know, if there was a game in there that like I kind of wanted to play maybe but like i feel like the games like like the competitive games maybe right because like there there is something there right it's not just dollars spent right like there's there's an actual competitive game there but like something like candy crush like i used to play candy crush back in college right and then i got to a point where it was just like it was just like arbitrarily hard games that were designed to try and make you buy like power-ups right like um and at that point i kind of like gave up and, and threw in the towel i don't know if um, like, if that would be compelling to me, because I know at some point that it's just there to like, you know, like the game, the artificial, the game, the, the difficulty is artificially inflated, 
um, as an attempt to get you to play, to, to, to pay money, right? And then on the other side is, like, if they give you all the stuff for free, then that tends to trivialize the games. But, like, you know, I think for a competitive one, it might make sense. But it would... Yeah, I'm very interested because it's like I, I wonder how deeply ingrained those mechanics are to the experience, right? Does it ruin the experience, for instance, if you just unlock everything for everybody, right? Would, you know, to try and like make a bad analogy, would Diablo be as fun if you could play a version of Diablo where you just had access to perfect items, right? And maybe the answer is kind of no. Um, and I don't know. I mean, but I, but it was, it was something I was re I was really interested in. That's like a side of gaming that I have no window into, right? Like mobile games, right? It's like the complete opposite of what I am interested, right? Like professionally, I'm interested in what would essentially be like art house, so these you know kind of premium indie experiences, right? And then obviously, like personally, I'm interested in like incredibly deep, complex systems oriented like games, right? Um, so it's just like it's very alien to my mindset, and I was interested. Yeah. Um, Arahi in the chat has a fact check for you, uh, buddy. What's that? Um, it's the road is 178, and while the river it falls above Lake Isabella is South Fork, it is the Kern under Lake Isabella. So, get wrecked. Well, okay, get fucked, me, I guess. Um, <laughs> but that, so, actually, kind of on, like, an interesting point, like, the mobile games I play are just, like, straight puzzle games where, like, I buy puzzle packs, uh -huh. right? Like, um... I, like, play some, uh, like, there's, like, this, like, numbers game where, like, essentially it's, like, nodes with a number on them and you have to, like... Was that 2024 or something? No, no, not, not, not that one. Whatever this is, like... Called. Oh, man, I got so into that game. Um, yes. But, the, the, like, 2024 isn't, like, super monetizable, but, like, this game is, like, you have, like, a grid and, like, at certain points in the grid there are circles with numbers on them and you need... And you can only connect two lines out of a grid and you need... And you can't cross the lines... But you need to like connect them. It's just like a math mathy type game, right? I play a couple of different types of these games, and the monetization there is like, you know, I play a hundred levels, and then I pay two dollars for another hundred levels, and that you know keeps me occupied for another month, right? Like those types of things. But like that's basically like you put that on like on the computer, like maybe I'd be interested in that. But also like I'm playing those games, so I have like like that's like a thing when I'm sitting on my couch and listening to a podcast. I want to keep my eyes occupied. That's what I play. Um, so maybe something like that, but that's also not like a super freemium model either, right? Like, it's like, you know, you'd pay $10 for all the puzzles instead of like $2 over the course of five years for all the puzzles. Um, yeah, I feel you. I also like those games. I was talking about the water sort puzzle that I do, where, you know, you have like cylinders that are empty, but they're filled with different kinds of water. Can you guys hear Orion? It's like biting at the back of my microphone. I'm sorry. Nope. Um, yeah. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, Josh, is uh, tabletop games, right? Um, yeah. D how how did you feel about Lancer? Because you played Lancer with us. Like with, I you played Lancer. Lancer. But at the same time, I felt like maybe there were other builds I would have had even more fun with. Even though so I is, really your Lancer game, to, to be clear, big fist punch everything once and die. Your Lancer, game is, oh, your Lancer game is over? Yeah. Your Lancer game is complete? Yeah. Okay. It's complete. Water sort puzzle that buddy bothered me about playing on my phone until I made him download it. <laughs> uh, is is uh, <laughs> is the comment from Rahi? But yeah, no. Um, we got to the end of the published material for Lancer, and uh, uh, our GM was headed into like his busy season for work, and was like, "I'm not going to put in the work to actually write the the missing two books of uh, of of the adventure." Uh, yeah, I have to say that uh, playing. Or I'm sorry, going to the Sequoia Forest made me 
very like D and D minded. Made me just be like, God, I want to run D and D games. Because mm. uh, I, I have, I think I've explained this concept before a couple of times, right? The Seventh Expedition. Yeah, yeah. Is this like idea for like? Me. I think yes, I we did do an episode on that. Yeah, the idea was that it's like D and D Lewis Lewis and Clark, right? You know, this this frontier, this continent. Somebody is, has to be a cartographer and kind of map it all out. Um, and the idea is it's the players, and there have been six previous expeditions that have all failed you guys are the seventh one uh, i always come back to this idea but like being in the sequoia forest and being just like whoa like i even in movies and stuff like in avatar right there's obviously big trees in avatar and shit like that you don't it i don't know it's just something about it it was like very like there, there's something there's something about in my being brain. in the physical presence of these things that like a picture doesn't capture yeah. right like uh, you think yep. it does, right? Like my my big moment for that was like um the I went I saw the solar eclipse a couple of years ago in Nashville, like total oh. solar eclipse, and that was like that was fucking mind boggling in a way that there's one coming up next year that I'm going to go like hunt down. Like where where is it? Do you know? Um, so did you get the special glasses and everything? Uh, I did. Um, yeah. but it go but like it, it's most special when you don't have to wear the glasses because it's right. So it's a band that goes like. It, like, hits the northern part of Maine and New Hampshire, but it, like, goes through, I think, Indianapolis and through down through Texas um, because it's, like, a line across the country. Um, but I definitely think if you, if you have the opportunity to see a total solar eclipse, it's absolutely worth it. Um, uh, it's, like, one of those things where, like, you see it and you're, like, like it's, it's just, like, it's, it's, it's so crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah. But similar thing with, like, this, right? Like, it's, like... There is like seeing them in a picture, and then seeing them in person. Right, same thing with like the redwoods. Right, like um, a friend of the cast, Mark, got married in like a fairy ring, ring of redwoods, which was like a very fun experience to to like kind of like stand in that and see it. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, crazy, uh, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, go, see, <laughs> go, 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 touch grass. This is yeah, <laughs> yeah that's really what it is. Is going and touching is going and touching grass. I it's funny because like you know I think of myself as like I'm not a like a nature guy, right? You know, um, I like the city. I am I am awed in a, in a lot of ways by cities in a way that I think people are are commonly kind of like awed by like force. Like one of my favorite things forever will be coming up on like a rise, and LA is great for this. You come up on a rise. And you just see, like, and it's night, and you just see the whole city kind of, like, laid out before you. And there's something to just, like, the wow, right? This is, like, dozens of square miles that have been tightly controlled by... Yeah, right. Exactly by like by the power of human ingenuity. There's something really awe inspiring about that. There's a there's a highway actually near near our house. When you go from the 105 to the 110, you kind of go up and around this loop. It's actually in La La this Land. You like, know that first this dance like scene most, in La La Land. This is the most LA you've ever been. Just I know. I'm sorry. I just have to explain it. No, I, honestly, this is the least LA I've ever been because nobody in LA would ever fucking say this. Everybody in LA fucking like hates this shit, right? And I was constantly talking about, oh, I'm going to Joshua Tree or whatever. It's like, no, fuck that, man. Like, I really like. I I want the concrete jungle, right? Um, I think that stuff, that stuff is like breathtaking to me. Like when you see the skyscrapers from downtown LA, like against the hills 
of where Dodger Stadium is, and it's like, holy fuck, humans built that. That is a, that is a really nuts thing to me. I, I I really like seeing like hard edges of like society and get like you know you fly into Las Vegas and you see just like this like patch of like nonsense in the middle of this like desert or like. Um, flying into Miami, right? Like, like the city just like stops and it's Everglades, right? Like, it doesn't like peter yeah. out like like you know like a lot of like suburbs do. It's just kind of like there is a line and it's like super densely packed houses all the way into like core Miami. It's it's fucking nuts. Like, um, but I definitely, I definitely low key, I actually think Miami is sweet. I feel like I would actually really love living in Florida, like as a place to live, right? Um, like with the beach and with the Everglades and shit, mm. that's that's cool. Alligators, fuck yeah, bud. Let's yeah. go. No, it, it, it's it's funny. It's a shame that he uh, he he left the chat, but a friend of the cash, Charles, lived in Miami and like didn't like it. Or my understanding, I haven't talked to him deeply about it, was that he didn't like it. He moved to St. Petersburg, um, across the state. Um, oh, across, across the yeah, state. I was St. like, St. Petersburg, Florida, Russia, St. No, no. Petersburg, <laughs> Russia. <laughs> no, St. St. Pete, as it is known in Florida. Um, I didn't even know there was a city named St. Peter's. <laughs> I don't like Miami. Fuck this. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like people, this happened in Mexico City. People during COVID moved to Mexico City because the cost of living was insanely cheap yeah. or whatever. But you're still in like U.S. time zones or whatever. Um, and uh, and it like became a, it became like an issue or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I remember I was like reading stuff about this like two years ago uh, in the middle of like lockdown in the pandemic. That would be that that this feels like like a like, you know, a 70s, like, you know, like, you know, communist booster story is like, die, I was tired of, of, of Western, you know, Western decadence. And so I moved to St. Petersburg, right? Like I moved to, to the great Moscow where it is great and the people are equal. Um, there's definitely no starvation. Um, uh, but yeah, no, uh, yes. St. Petersburg, Florida, very different than St. Petersburg, Russia. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, we're towards the end of our time. We've got a raid to get to. Um, so uh, maybe... Are you raiding from... Are you raiding from your ha from Mango's house? Yeah, why not? I've got a laptop. Fuck yeah. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Um, so uh, if uh, you want to email us about any of the things you talked about in this podcast, reach us at gmail.com or podcast.com. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash or youtube.com slash games where these go out live. Um... Uh, rate review us on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. All the links are down in the description. Buddy, do you have anything you're looking to promote? Uh, I don't have anything I'm looking to promote. Josh, do you have anything you're looking to promote? You're damn right. True. I want to promote Super Raft Boat Together on Steam. And what? What? Tell us a little bit about Super Raft Boat Together on Steam. Super Raft Boat Together on Steam is my youngest brother's video game produced by. Uh, Brace, Brace yourself? yourself gaming. The people who do uh, Crypto the Necrodancer. Yeah. And, eh. and this is a, it is available now. It is a what would you describe as like a party game? Like is you, Yeah. It's it seems like it's best enjoyed in a group. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, I would definitely say that. You know, they're constantly adjusting it. Apparently early on people were like, Oh, this is too easy. So they've upped the difficulty like two or three times. Response Gotta to satisfy the gamer's needs. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> with that, I'm going to say uh, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners. <laughs>